Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're your hosts today, broadcasting from St. John Paul II Catholic Church in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have all the listening audience. All of them. They're millions. Well, Come on, Father. (laughs) Just short of. Just short of. Like, Heather, come on now. (laughs) You're like, my brother Joe, he's always like ready to just take it overboard. You know, I'm like, like, well, let's just be real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Joe's like, well, it is real. Let's just... Push it so over. you're twins. Do you think that you got all of this and he got all of that? Um, I'll leave that for okay. the psychologist to figure out. Well, before we get too far, Father, will you open us with prayer? That'd be great. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the gift of life and for the multitude of ways in which you have created us uniquely and individually. May I ask that you would help us see your spirit at work in our hearts this day and be confident of our identity as sons and daughters of the Father. In your name we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed I'll be thy name. name. Thy kingdom come, come thy, thy will be done, done on earth as, as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah, you're welcome. So today is an exciting day. We have some guests from your parish that are going to be on. We're going to be talking with a gal from O'Gorman. And then we're also going to be talking to Earl Markley, who is your average Joe doing big things in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And then also Father John, we're getting part two of three of Father John's story. So if you've missed Father John's first half, you're just going to have to listen to it another time because you don't want to miss anything now. Can't go listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm excited to hear part two of your story. So that will be happening in the second hour. So let's go. And we're starting off this morning with Jay Jorgensen. Hello, Jay. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, you bet. So tell us a little bit. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Jay Jorgensen, and my family and I were members at John Paul II Parish. And uh, my wife and I, my wife Lisa and I, we grew up here in Sioux Falls. So we're basically lifelong Sioux Falls residents. Uh, both of us went to the Catholic schools here in Sioux Falls. She went to St. Lambert's and Cathedral. I went to St. Mary's for thirteen or for uh, nine years, four years in O'Gorman. Both of us went to O'Gorman, and that's where we met. So we met in O'Gorman, started dating in O'Gorman. Then we went down to Creighton University in Omaha, got married in 2004. We have four amazing kids. I was an eighth grader at uh, junior high, O'Gorman Junior High. And then our other three kids, we've got Jack, who's a fifth grader at Christ the King, and Liam and Lucy are second graders at Christ the King. And so we're lifelong Catholics. 
huge proponents of the Catholic school system, and we live and live and work here in Southern Sioux Falls. Thanks, Jay. Uh, wondering, you know, someone as a lifelong there's a lot of lifelong Catholics that listen to uh, Real Presence Radio. Um, in that journey, would how would you describe uh, the things that have happened to you as you've sort of engaged with the parish over the last few years? And are there some factors or dynamics that have been important or helpful uh, to that? Yeah. So one of the things as I was kind of preparing for this this call was I, you know, I did some prayer and reflection on my journey as a Catholic. And so, you know, with 17 years of Catholic education and being a lifelong Catholic, the Church was never far from the center of my life. But I'd say my faith was not necessarily something I would take, say I take it, took it for granted, but it was maybe not as front and center as it should be. Like, I've never had a major crisis of faith that brought me closer to God or a huge tragedy in my life that you know, had a low moment, but, or, you know, a life-changing encounter in Christ, with Christ that we always want to have. So I'm maybe more of a Zacchaeus who's, who's seeking Jesus out than a Samaritan woman who just, boom, here's, uh, here's Jesus right in your face. But, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of, you know, the, the, the basis of where I was at before becoming a member at John Paul II. And so, I think I'll go into the whole thing, but so back into, uh, so we were, we were members of another parish here in Sioux Falls. And then when, uh, John Paul II began, so when it was just the church in Harrisburg, who's having mass every Sunday in the pack, Lisa and I heard about it probably week two or three after it was happening. So we weren't there for the original Ash Wednesday mass, but we were one of the first people who had showed up and we were just excited to shorten our commute because with four, young children Sunday morning, sometimes, you know, that, that commute's important. And so we take it down from like 13 minutes to on a really good day, seven minutes. So I was like, well, that's great. Hey, short commute. <laughs> perfect. Right. So that was initially, that was what was important to us, which, you know, definitely not the right reason, but Hey, we, we all, God have has a way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had never been, we were never super active at our previous parishes. Like we were, you know, we had young kids and we were a new, newly married couple. And so, and, you know, they, they had everything pretty well in order. It never seemed like they were desperate for volunteers and for help. And so we kind of just, we were attendees, you know, gave our, gave our weekly givings, but, but weren't, weren't volunteers. And so, um, I wanted to change that with, with this new parish. And when Father Simple had told me that we were going to have a land committee, I was like, yep, okay, I want to do that. I want to be on the land committee. And my dad had helped. Years ago, uh, he was on some committees for the building campaign at Holy Spirit when I was growing up. And so I was like, yep, that seems like a great thing for me. I want to do that. I want to be on the land committee. And so I went to a couple of meetings with Father Chuck, and eventually it was discerned that this is a path that the permanent pastor should, should walk, and it's not something that we need to be doing right now. So... That's that's kind of you know the, the 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 backstory of early early JP two before it was JP two, and so then Father, you had that fateful night where you were woken in the middle of the night and God was telling you where you need to needed to go, and so 
as we all know, you ended up as our shepherd here in, in at, at John Paul II. And one of the first few masses you were there, you asked for volunteers to come and help you move some stuff from the Holy Spirit rectory over to the parish office. And I may, maybe you had some stuff that went to your rectory, I don't remember at this point. But I, uh, as you were asking for that, it wasn't a long ask. It was maybe, you know, like a minute. Hey, if anyone is a truck and I need some bodies to help move some stuff, and I, uh, I left. I left church and I said to Lisa, I go, leave. I got to go help him move because he was looking right at me the whole time he was asking. So he's going to know. <laughs> if, I, if I don't go, he's going to know that I'm not helping him move. He's going to remember this. He's going to be like, you um, let me move. Or at least he's going to think. You in the fifth row, I saw you two months ago <laughs> right? and you didn't yeah, show up. You're young and able. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. I don't have a truck, but you know what? I've got arms. So. So I show up, and it was like 6 o'clock. We're meeting at 6 o'clock, and I show up and at maybe like 6 o'clock, right at 6. Because I didn't know a ton of people were going to be there, and I was like, I'll just show up and help. And I get there, and everything's done. And I was like, well, that was easy. So I got to show up and do my good <laughs> deed, and here we go. All right, perfect. Well, I'll just walk over there and make my appearance, and that'll be that. And so did that, and then uh, you would ask, hey, can anyone help Lucas? Lorenzen moved some bigger stuff from his house over. He got some office equipment. We needed to move it to the rectory or to the, to the office. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Cause I hadn't done anything yet. I was like, perfect. So him and I, you introduced me to him and we shake hands and little did I know that was the moment that would really impact my life for the next mm-hmm. three years or basically since that point, right to, to this point. And so him and I go and move it and, you know, we, you know, we take care of everything, and it's great. Take the pictures and all that. My night's over. Because I'm the pastor, on. we're taking pictures, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Take lots of, take I'm always taking pictures. pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always pictures. And so, so I get my good deed in, go home, feel pretty good about it. I'm like, all right, well, that was good. You know, I like helping out. It made, made me feel good about myself. And so, you know, maybe a month or so later, I get an email from Father, and he's like, hey, I want you to be on this uh, this be a part of this group. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I just think, oh, it's land committee. Here we go. Let's go, land committee. And I missed the first meeting, and then I show up to the second meeting, and I'm just thinking, all right, this is the land committee. Let's go Let's go find our land. I'm, 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 I'm ready, willing, and able to be a part of this. And I had no idea what I was in for. It, it was, we did land, right? That was part of it. That was a very, that was, an important part of what we were doing, but there was so much more that we did just the conversations and the deep dives into our faith and just the, you know, the prayer and everything about those meetings was things that initially and still, you know, there's the good tension as, as you talk about father. And so, you know, you, you, you feel a little uncomfortable sometimes because we're going so much deeper than I was accustomed to going. And, you know, initially we called it the dream team and then it became the parish council, but it, it really changed me in the way that I look at my faith and little by little, I would leave those meetings and I would just feel what I initially thought was this sense of relief. Okay. Hey, it's over with, I got my sharing in and I, you know, I felt, felt nervous sharing all this and, 
I, you know, I realized shortly after that, I'm like, this isn't relief. This is my cup is overflowing with Jesus mm. and the Spirit and this experience. And, you know, there would be times where I would be like, Lisa, I'm not sure I want to go tonight. I just want to stay home, but I go. And every time without fail, she says, how was your meeting? And I was like, it was great. I feel wonderful. I just, you know, my cup is full. And, you know, that, that, that feeling would take me, would take me through the week and take me into the next week. And I knew, I knew it was from attending and not from relief because there'd be times where I would miss, I would have to miss a meeting because we were out of town or we had an obligation and I could feel something missing. There was something missing in my life. And so it really is, you know, it's really impacted me in a positive way. Just having this, this close community of people to get to know and these, these meetings that I've been going to. Well, and I find this also I, I, very... Now, did that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I just find all of this so um, reaffirming because so many of us are the cradle Catholics that are going through the motions, that are doing what we're supposed to do. You know, God, you know, Father's looking at me and I, I better raise my hand that I can go move this stuff. You know, we're following the quote unquote rules of life. But I think what you're sharing with us, Jay, is how God used those normal daily things that he asked you to do to make your spirituality grow so much deeper with him. And you didn't even know, were you even looking for it? Yeah, I don't think I was. I mean, I think I was content. And, you know, maybe that's even a strong word to say, but I was, uh, you know, I was, I accepted where I was at. I, I, you know, I thought it was a good Catholic, like, you know, probably a B minus Catholic. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not an A plus Catholic now by any stretch of the imagination. I probably considered myself a B minus Catholic then. I was probably a C Catholic. Um, maybe now I'm a B, I'm just a solid B. But, but yeah, I don't think it was something I was looking for. And but, but it was put in my path, and I'm so grateful that it was. Jay, part of that uh, time we spent together then was really a manifestation of transformation for for many of us. And I watched as you all came alive. I watched as I came alive. Uh, I was shocked when we could spend three hours together and people would leave and be filled Mm -hmm. and not like strangling, you know, like, God, do I have to go to this? Uh, But it was a sense of something that as a pastor, I desired for everybody. And because we had become the parish council, you sort of can't turn the parish council into, you know, a 50 group (laughs) (laughs) of people. Uh, But it's where a discernment process took place leading to something that we have called the canyon, and we talked about it last week. Uh, But uh, just would be curious about how you saw the translation of what you experienced into what you're experiencing now with the canyon, and maybe some factors about what the canyon was. So I'll just give a real quick synopsis, basically— Uh, an adult formation process program. Every other week we gather together. Um, I give a talk. There's some questions that go with that talk that you discern. You share the answers among a group. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then you meet with that group week after week. Uh, So that's just kind of like a big picture of it. But could you say something, Jay, about how you have seen the Canyon manifest some of those same things or what the Canyon has done for you? Yeah. So when you had first posed the idea of the Canyon to our council, I will admit I was extremely 
skeptical, at least that it could accomplish what you were setting out to have it accomplish, right? To replicate the experience of parish council for the greater parish and anyone who wanted to have this experience, you're welcome to have it, right? You can, you can show up. This is for you. Anyone can have it. You can even bring, bring a friend. And, you know, I think we want them to be part of the parish, but we wouldn't say no if they weren't. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know, that sounds great. And I do want everyone to have this experience, but there's no way. There's no way that this experience is going to translate to a, to, to a room full of 100 people. And I was even to the point where I was like, do I really need to sign up for this? I already have this. I've got parish council. I, I don't really need to do the canyon, too. But, but I did. I, and maybe, maybe it was somewhat <laughs> to support you, Father, but I did sign up for the canyon, and I was like, you know what, I'll go. It's fine. And I was amazed at how it really did fill my cup and, and leave me feeling very much the same way I would feel when I would leave parish council. And really we did it in less time, right? So instead of a three hour meeting, we did it in like an hour and a half, but just from the first time I, I went and we got our tables and it was just a, it was a group of, of men that many of whom I had seen at church and was like, you know, they look like someone I would want to be friends with, but I didn't know how to necessarily introduce myself to them, and I just happened to get put at a table with, like, multiple people. I was like, I wanted to know them better. And so that was a blessing, and then just just the, the readings and the scriptures and the, the discussions we had, it really did. It really did fill my cup and, and leave me feeling the same way I would feel after leaving Parish Council. So I think it very much succeeded in its goal of bringing the parish council experience to the rest of the parish, anyone who wanted it. What was the, the that part, uh, the dynamic of it that was the most instrumental to you? So you had the parish council experience, but then at the Canyon, was there something or a moment where you realized like, this is really something I'm grateful for a time in which you sort of changed your mentality? Um, you know, I just think it was after even, even from maybe it wasn't the first session, because I don't know if we had quite the depth of, of conversation, but very early in the in the canyon process, I left and I could just feel it. And in, inside my, you know, inside my chest, I could feel it the same way I would feel when I would leave parish council. I was like, "This is it. This is this is the same thing. It's working." It's, <laughs> I feel the same way leaving here that I would feel after three hours of of an intimate conversation. This is still an intimate conversation, but it's in a a larger larger area with a lot more people. So the only thing I was missing is we have a lot of awkward silences at parish council, but they're <laughs> filled with the spirit. You don't get those at the Canyon because there is, you know, there's, there's chatter going on, but the spirit's still present. Uh, you know, that's an interesting observation you make. And I think, you know, one thing you realize when you, uh, you grow in discipleship is uh, what you have and what you give sometimes are two different things, you know, so it can be, I'm leading the parish council in a particular way and people are receiving, receiving, receiving. But then when you go to replicate that or to duplicate that or to give that mm -hmm. in a way, you have to take the same journey that I took to get to that parish council place, which mm -hmm. is to learn, Oh, three years ago, there weren't those silences, you know, <laughs> three, but yeah. it takes time for people to grow and being, I call it being obedient to the spirit. Like, mm -hmm. People have to grow to sense, ah, right now is not a time I should talk. Right. And increasingly we become aware of something else present, something filling me. And, you know, he said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. 
So then we have to ask ourselves, well, what's happening here that this presence is so invading the silence? I mean, it's silence. And so uh, I think it's impo- helpful for you to note those two distinctions, Jay, that uh, at the canyon, where the canyon one is a start. You know, but if you walked right, with right. those six men over a period of a year, you'd all grow too to that place where you'd have those beautiful moments where everybody just says, oh, I don't have anything to say. And then something present speaks to each person according to where their heart is. So my big burning question right now, Father, is I, I sit and I'm listening to you know, this beautiful story of parish council. I always thought it was like business, a well. <laughs> business meeting. Can we go back a minute and say, what is John Paul II doing at these parish councils? Well, we were, that's why there were three hours. <laughs> yeah. The first, you know, one, uh, one, half of it was business and half of it was a formative process. And you and found that important. Well, yeah, I found it's it. You know, I took a path, so I didn't just come up with it out of nowhere. Uh, when I became pastor for the first time, I was at St. Lambert Parish in Sioux Falls. Father Jim Mason had been the pastor before me, and the finance council and the parish council always read a book together. And you started the meetings by just a quick 15, 20 minute, hey, what'd you see in the book? What helped you? And it was his way of forming those people who were leaders in the path that he was providing for them. And I just saw enormous fruit in it right away. And what I found my gift was, was that I had a particularity in a journey I had taken that helped me sort of pose questions differently. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just a random conversation, I was really interested in something. And when I would hear someone say something, I'd ask a deeper question because I felt like the spirit's leading us through this person right now. And so it just was, you know, and then I did an adult discipleship group uh, that Father Mason had started and then I took over and the same kind of factor happened. I realized mm-hmm. there was an importance to the questions that were asked and the obedience to where the Spirit was moving among the people. And nobody told me this. I just sort of sensed this was fruitful. And you're open to it. And I was open to it. And people seemed to um, see the same thing. So when I got here, I just knew if these are the most important people with me, we have to go deeper. And it wasn't, like I was like, oh, hey, everybody, would you want to be on a three-hour parish council once a month? <laughs> you know, I was like, I need help looking at the parish. And so when we would get together, the questions would be more like, what are you seeing in the parish? What are you seeing in yourself? What's helpful? So that we could follow those things. And just over a period of time, it became sort of business stuff and the spiritual stuff. And... um in the end, the the spiritual stuff is what really fed the whole thing and then helped us make wiser, better, more patient, more certain business decisions. If we could all be that way. Yeah. So, Jay, the, before we get rolling, I'm curious how your work within the canyon has impacted your other days outside of the canyon or your time in the parish has uh, impacted either work or your family life or things that maybe weren't directly connected uh, to what you were yeah, doing. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just really instilled a desire for me to go deeper into my faith and to grow in my relationship with the Lord and, you know, to bring that to to my family. And, I, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend here for a minute that I'm like, now I'm a graduate Catholic and I'm <laughs> the example that everyone needs to follow, right? But, but, but I'm definitely... I, I'm on a path, and I'm I'm 
and it's a it's a path that I was definitely not on before, right? And so I think, yeah, just just going deeper into my into my faith and growing in my relationship with the Lord and watching that impact the other areas of my life. And you know, my kids are great; they've got a great relationship with Jesus, and my wife is amazing. She's yeah. I mean, she just. She's got all kinds of stuff that she's doing. She's got a rosary group. She's got a women's group that she's a part of. She's aspiring to be a prayer warrior, and she's she's what I aspire to be. So this is just, you know, this is luckily a, an outlet for me to become better. Because if, if I didn't have this, she would just be light years ahead of me, and I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's crazy, but now I'm, just, I'm, I'm amazed by, by all the things she's doing, and it's just incredible for her. Well, your family's a huge blessing, Jay. uh, So I'm grateful for having you on the journey. Your wife and your kids are just a great family of faith. So thanks for all the ways in which you serve the parish and serve the local church and serve the people in uh, this region. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks, Jay. We uh, appreciate you. And folks, it's time for our first break of the morning. Don't go anywhere because we've got plenty more coming up right here on Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 